Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Not often do the planets align, but when they do, Mercury is in retrograde, or whatever that saying is. What does that even mean? Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is we answered a question on the podcast a couple of weeks ago from Mike, who wanted to know about moving to the country and all that stuff. And John was like, oh, I've actually booked this guy in for a clarity call. So I'm like, let's record it, put it up on the podcast and everyone can have a pervy listen. So what you're hearing today is a paid clarity call that John Pigeon from Solvair Wealth runs. Now he's the co-host of the Tuesday show and the uh, host of the My Millennial Property show with Emily Wallace. And if you've got a scenario where you need a little bit of clarity, well, that's what John's for. Just a third party sounding board to give you the clarity that you might need. Now, our Thursday show is supported by GlobalX, so thank you to GlobalX for supporting today's show. Each year, the ETF landscape grows as more and more funds get added to the market. In fact, more than 43 funds were added to exchanges last year. This is why GlobalX have created a tool for investors to compare all the ETFs currently available in Australia. Head to www.globalxetfs.com.au forward slash MMM to download your copy today. I've actually got a hard copy of this report. It's really good. Anyone who's interested in investing, download this document. It's amazing. So thank you to GlobalX for doing that document. And they put everyone in there, not just GlobalX stuff, Vanguard, BlackRock, all the ETF providers in Australia are in this document. So it's not just a GlobalX thing. It is an industry-wide thing. Anyway, I'm uh, rattling on too much now. If you do listen to this and you think, you know what, I might want to chat to John, get a bit of clarity about my situation, we'll put a link in the show notes to book a clarity call with John. John charges for these, full disclosure, I don't get a cent from them. And we just do that so John can actually make some money during the day. Otherwise, he'd be doing free calls for everyone. So there is a bit of a barrier to entry there, unfortunately. And not everything is for everyone at every time. My name's Glenn James. This is John Pigeon and Mike who's moving to the country. Mike Van Diemen, welcome. Great to be here, John. Thanks for having me. Mate, it's a pleasure. Now, this is sort of close to my heart, this one, because I grew up in the country, three, three and a half hours from, from Melbourne in country Victoria, in a very small town, 400, 500 people. So I know exactly what it's like to, to be reasonably remote now and, and currently obviously living not in a capital city but in an extremely busy area of Australia on the central coast. So tell me about your, I suppose, journey at, up until this stage, where you grew up, where you're living now and, and some finer details for the audience. Yeah, well, um, I, I grew up in Canberra so most people wouldn't consider that a city. It's it's sort of a faux city to most people, but 
you know, growing up here, I do do consider it a city. You know, I grew up here until I was about 20 and then moved to the Brisbane for about five or six years after that, saying I'd never, never come back to Canberra after that point. Came back to Canberra for a visit, ended up meeting my partner and as life happens, ended up sticking around here and, and finding a job and, and now we're sort of planted here. So since I've been back to Canberra, we, we ended up finding a house in, in 2020, just before the market went, went crazy. Purchased the property for 530000 and just in the last couple of years, it's, it's really shot up. So that's given us a bit of equity and flexibility to have a look at different options. And I guess as far as the rural side of things, my partner grew up on a property. My father actually grew up on a property as well. And I've always just liked the, the idea of that, that property lifestyle to be able to, to have more freedom to do what you want with the land. We have aspirations of, of putting a retreat and, and an Airbnb on the property as well. So all these things kind of culminated into, into looking at, at getting a property just a couple of things in my personal life as well. We have had a couple of deaths in the family recently as well. And, and just those, those little things make you think that, you know, maybe this is the right time. It sort of speeds up the decision a little bit. So I think now is about the right time to start looking for, for the next stage. Mm, Life's short, isn't it? So, and, and you've been, I suppose, given a, a reality check on that, which, uh, which does happen, unfortunately. And, and we, we start to think to ourselves, well, yeah, wh- what are we doing? What, what's, uh, what's our life? Wh- what's our importance in our life and, and our values and beliefs, I suppose? So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. We always, in the household, we always talk about the idea of, of balance and, and, and values and what's, what's actually going to work for us. And this is one of those financial decisions which would actually align perfectly with with both of our needs. So when we do clarity calls with with people that reach out, we we look at, I suppose, financial versus emotional, and and look at because there's no right or wrong answer in all this, and and the Facebook group, the commentary was quite divided, wasn't it? Like uh, you, you probably sit there and say, well, th- this hasn't made it any clearer for me because there's half the group says it's great. The other group uh, half says, well, geez, don't do it. You'll, you'll regret it sort of thing. So for, for you, like when we, when we put financial on one side and emotions and lifestyle on the other, which one to you is more important? I'd, I'd really say um, emotions and, and values at, at this stage, it's it's kind of funny. I feel like I've come full circle coming, you know, out of school. I thought, you know, I really want to move to a property and and uh, really live that lifestyle. And then you sort of get locked in that, oh, okay, all my friends are getting jobs and careers and suddenly you're like, okay, that's that's what I'm going to do. But now 10 years later, we're, we're sort of back at the stage where it's like, okay, maybe I should go back to what I actually wanted to do. and 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 focus on lifestyle over potentially career growth or even financial growth. So you're not moving to the country to have a cheaper, more affordable lifestyle or, or a smaller mortgage. You 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 you're moving to the country to, I suppose, live your values. That's right. I mean, part of the decision making was ideally we we do find something a little cheaper in the country to really draw down down on that mortgage as much as we possibly can. But if it worked out to, to the point where it's say, you know, we, we sold the property in Canberra and then moved out to the country for a similar price, 
that would be okay too if if we found the right property. Because I, I said at the start of the show, like uh, a, a lot of Australians are doing this. They're, they're moving out of the city, the hustle and bustle, the the busyness of it, but also the larger mortgage now. For, for And it's more when I speak to uh, first home buyers, they're questioning, do I actually want a, a million dollar or $1.5 million mortgage? Am I just going to be tied to that for the, for the next 30 years? But as as a lot of people have mentioned, an hour from the city is still quite a sizable mortgage. So so just just tell us what your plan is. So like what location that you're looking at to moving to. What are house prices there? What sort of acreage you, you're on? Maybe a bit of um, detail about your plan. Yeah. So it was just going back to the comments on Facebook. It was seeing some of the some of the varieties of opinions coming back to Mike. How you gonna you might ruin your life here or Mike, if you don't do this, you'll, you'll hmm. ruin your life So and everything in between. Um, but at, at the moment, we're on about 900 square metres uh, in the south of Canberra, um, so about 20 minutes from the city. Which a lot of people would consider a large block of land in the city. Like that's quite a large block, isn't it? It is a large block and we're, we're pretty lucky to find this, this corner block uh, as well. And before we kind of came to this conclusion of moving out to the country, we we had aspirations of potentially even putting in a granny flat. We had quotes for that and we're getting the setup for that. But then we just kind of came to the conclusion that we'd put that that money we would use on that to just setting up out in the country. We'd be looking ideally something that's within an hour of Canberra and on the south side of Canberra, for those that know Canberra, you're looking at sort of Cooma area, um, township of Cooma. And there's a lot of smaller townships around there which are easily accessible to, to Canberra. I did have a lot of people say, look, you're just not going to find that within an hour of the city and, and clearly you're not in some cities. Like you, you drive an hour of the city of Sydney and you're going to find yourself in Western Sydney in a lot of cases. But in Canberra, you've really got that, those options to, to find that, that land for not, not that much money. And we've seen a number of examples where you can look at, you know, even under 600,000 with a house and land up to, you know, 100 acres. So we would be looking ideally about 20 to, to 50 acres with, with some, some kind of house on there. It doesn't have to be a, you know, four-bedroom house of our dreams, just something to, to set us up until we decide to build on that house or potentially even build a new house down the line. Yeah, sure. So just did a quick search uh, on realestate.com for Kuma. Median house price, just slightly under 600K. On the current houses for sale now, to get that sort of land with a house on it, you, you're going to be into the million, isn't it? It's going to be over a million dollars by the, by the look of things, depending on the condition of the house. Yeah, if you're looking at, you know, a pretty good house with uh, a number of acres, you, you're definitely looking into the millions. Um, with us, we would be happy just buying the land itself and potentially even putting something like we're well, exploring the options of uh, a, a tiny house or even just putting up a modular house for a number of years until we had the, the cash to, to put into a, a, a slightly bigger house. Sure. Okay. All right. So let's go back a step, back to the, the Canberra property. We, we bought it for 530. We'll, we'll just go deeper into some financials. What's the, the value of it today, do you reckon? So just having a look around at some of the properties in the area, anywhere from 750 up to 850, this is unimproved value as well. Um, as I stated, we're sort of getting improvements done now. I've actually got a guy in today working working on the, the front yard, doing some landscaping. Uh, we could expect 
I would say around 800,000 fairly comfortably. Sure. Okay. And what's the mortgage left on that at the minute? Uh, 430 left mortgage. 430. Okay. So if we sold it for eight, if we pay some agents fees, we we might be out of it for about 350k maybe of of profit. Is that roughly what you what you're thinking or the renovations going to improve it for, to to make it higher than eight is your plan? No, I, I think around 800 is is a pretty pretty safe bet. To be honest, the renovations we are getting are not out of this world renovations. They're nice enough to to make it into a sellable standard. It was actually a govy block before we moved in. So the house was not in, in pristine conditions. There was a lot of holes in the wall and kitchen was falling apart and it was a bit of a bit of a danger zone to be honest. So, so to, we've got it to a point. Yeah, sorry, just just for the listeners, that's government housing that Mike's referring to there, yeah? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And you know, we, we had a lot of the neighbors come up and thank us when we moved in because they had a few dramas with with the former tenants that were there. But no, we've got it to a pretty good standard now. And yeah, it's really just the the landscaping that we're looking to complete. Okay, great. So we take 350K, we put it into a, a million dollar property per se, going to have roughly a 700K mortgage by the time we pay stamp duty and, and, and associated costs. Have we got any other cash up our sleeve that we can put towards that or will it just be from the sale of the asset? Yeah, no, all up we've got savings of around 70000 uh-huh. We do have, I've got some some Bitcoin as well worth about 15K at the moment. And my partner's got stocks which are around 20K at the moment. And just just from a financial house perspective, your cash flow management plan at the moment, um, you're both working government jobs, pretty secure jobs. What are you currently saving per month? So we're saving about 1,500 per month. That's that's pretty safe at the moment. We could definitely amp that up if, if we needed to. But at the moment, just... We're sort of on that that decision phase. What what sort of property do we want? How much do we actually want to outlay? We could certainly ramp that up if we decide we want to get something in that sort of million dollar range. Yeah. So we're saving fifteen hundred on the current mortgage of four thirty. If we bump that up to seven hundred k, for example, if we bought that million dollar property, are we okay with our cash flow management there with that holding a seven hundred k mortgage? Probably. That's that might be extending it. A little bit. I think the idea would be to get ideally land that would be on the cheaper side, say just the land for say 500k and then we'd be comfortable living in a tiny house getting that for say 80k and and living in that sort of environment for for even five, six years until we pushed up to to something else. Okay. And how young are you both? So I'm 33 and my partner's 32. And planning for kids at some stage? Not at this stage. Um, we've got a, a, a fur child, a corgi, who's very, very needy. He'll be coming with us. But no, no kids at this stage. So that just saved you a million dollars, not having kids. So that that's a... No, it feels nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the plan is to have a, a mortgage that's maybe similar, or if not a little bit less than what we've got currently in Canberra. That, that's, that would be the ideal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kuma to Canberra. Or, or to your your jobs, are you required to go in on a daily basis or can we do our work from home? What's the balance like there if we approach the boss? Yeah, so it's about a 50-50 split at the moment, which is which is fortunate. So at the moment, we're, my partner's working three days at home, two days in the office, and I'm, I'm about the same as well actually at the moment. 
Great. And is the scope to maybe ramp that up another level or is that pushing it already? That's pushing it, you know, in... (laughs) In, in an ideal world, I think we'd, we'd, we would want to work from home full-time, particularly if we lived, say, an hour outside of Canberra. But, you know, we'd, we'd just have to see how that goes with work. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. And I suppose hobbies and interests uh, for you guys, like you, you used to have a Canberra lifestyle. What, what sort of things do you enjoy doing when you're not working? So unless you're into going to Questacon or the War Memorial in Canberra, there's really not a whole lot you can do. So we're fortunate enough that we both really like the outdoors lifestyle. So it does match quite well. You know, we were like hiking, we like fishing, we like getting outdoors and camping and that sort of thing. So that would align. You know, we're, we've got a little little side thing going on with a, a YouTube at the moment as well with a, a fly fishing thing going on. So we're trying to ramp that up a little Very bit. Good. So, yeah, it, it would align with our, our values, definitely. Okay. Yeah, you're not promoting Canberra too well. You're just like saying it's, a, uh, it's not a city and there's nothing to do when you get there and uh, you, you're really over it, aren't you? <laughs> no, I, I think Canberra is, is really Australia's hidden gem. It's, uh, no, I really do like it. If you, if you are into that laid-back kind yeah. of lifestyle, I think it's a great, great place to grow yeah. up in particular. If you're into that kind of nightlife sort of lifestyle, maybe not so much. Yeah, great. So let, let's go to a bit of the commentary in, in the group and, and we'll start with Mitchell. Mitchell just said, just awesome, dude, music to my ears, right? So there's a bit of envy there from from the likes of, of Mitchell, which is great. Libby's uh, touched upon a, an interesting one. Factor in extra fuel for traveling to services and depending on what you do, maybe lower paying jobs. So it's clear that you're able to keep your jobs. Well, hopefully you're able to keep your, your jobs. Um, talk to us about the, the services within Coomera itself, like not, not the biggest country town going around. What have we got there or what haven't we got, I suppose, that may, we may need to factor in? Yeah, well, I suppose if we are to move around that Coomera area, they, they do have a hospital. They've got Woolies. They've got doctor surgeries. They've got everything that you need, really. And I guess that would be the idea of not moving too far away from Canberra as well. So if an emergency did come up, we wouldn't be too far away from those specialist providers that, that Canberra has as well. But, you know, if we are to move somewhere in between, say, Canberra and Cooma, we will have ideally both those options in Canberra or Cooma. So I don't think there's anything off the top of my head that, that Cooma in particular wouldn't have. Because a lot of the commentary is around, well, make sure the the property has water and and power and uh, and and sewer and, and all those things. So uh, we're we're not going that far off the grid by the sounds of it. No, no, we've got no plans to to move to Cuba PD or any of those really really remote areas. We we do want to have some level of of comfort. So yeah, we we, we don't plan to to live off grid we we do want to have water we want to have power all that sort of thing we're we're not not going back in time here have we set our sights on kuma like is that a lock for you guys or is it just one of the options and this is the favorite at the minute yeah we we both really like that snowy mountains region and and all the options it, it gives you there's there's so much you can do as far as a an outdoors, outdoorsy sort of person, just mountain biking and fly fishing and, and all that kind of thing. So ideally, we would want to stay on that side. But, you know, my partner's mother lives in, in a small town called Bungendore, just north of Canberra. And that, that's a really nice area as well. And that sort of sets you in a, 
a really good community and it's only, you know, an hour and a half away from the coast, those areas as well. So we're, we're definitely not set on one particular particular area. And uh, you, you touched upon um, family. Talk to us about that, that change that potentially may be there in, in respect to family and friends. Like how important obviously are they to you and will you have a posse around you? So I think that'll just thinking about and talking it over with, with my partner, that would actually be the hardest thing to, to get used to. As I said, my partner has lived it before, but I think I will find it difficult uh, in terms of being able to, say, drop in on a friend or I've got my, my family in, in Canberra as well, being able to have dinners with them and, and that sort of thing. It's, it's not like we're moving overseas, but in some respects it is because it is harder to, to just do those really quick catch-ups and, and, you know, go over and see people for birthdays and, and that kind of thing at times. So we, we have considered that and realised it, it, it will be hard at times, but we are prepared for that at the same time. Mm. Listeners may be interested in the, the financial growth or, or the, the uh, property prices, where they've come from and where they are today. And I don't know if you've done much research on this, Mike, but Coomer's averaged around 15% growth over the last 19 years. Uh, so 2004, the median price in, in Cooma was 140000 Today, it's sitting at five fifty-five. right? So it's uh, – and this is probably one of the the false realisations of, of property in the country is that just because it's small regional and just because it's regional, it doesn't mean that, that property doesn't perform and, and grow in value to match the city – prices or or indeed surpass some of the city prices. No, definitely. And and looking at some of those satellite towns around Canberra, they've all just gone insane. We we were having a, a look when we first started looking for our, our first property around the you know, within even two hours of Canberra and and you know, average house prices even in two hours away sort of satellite towns have gone from four hundred right up to seven 800,000, just because everyone seems to have wanted to flood out of the yeah. city for that, that chase of the lifestyle. Yeah, it's definitely a common thing. Um, so we spoke about the, the occupation, pretty reliable jobs, uh, could, could do it for the next 20 or 30 years if we needed to. How enjoyable are those roles for you? Like are you in your dream jobs? Can you see yourself doing that for the next 20 years or is it – Okay, the money's good. It's it's a it's a pretty good role, but I don't bounce out of bed each day. Yeah, my answer is really going to depend on who's listening to the the podcast. No, <laughs> I no, I, I do enjoy it. It's I I've only recently got into the public service in the last couple of years, and I actually avoided it growing up because everyone you grow up with at school has all these aspirations, and they end up falling into the public service, and you think, oh, I'm not going to end up there, and and here I am, and and I actually do enjoy the. The, the work's really rewarding, the job that I'm in. The pay's good and the, and the conditions are really good as well. So I can't see myself jumping anytime soon. And your partner? Yeah, she's she's basically the same. She's an APS baby. So she was basically straight out of school into the APS and she's, she's thrived. She really likes that environment. Recently got a promotion as well, which was great. So no, we're, we're both really happy in, in, that, in that environment at the moment. Great. And I suppose... What we're wanting to think about is 10 years' time, 15 years' 
20 years' time. Like if we got sick of this job and, and most Australians have, I don't know, something like six or seven job changes through their life as a minimum, it's, it's probably fair to say that you're going to change out of this role in, in some way, shape or form. Playing devil's advocate, what if that required you to travel every day to Canberra? To be honest, I'm, you know, I'm not that married to the job, so I, I would choose my lifestyle over, over the job certainly and and if it came to it i would i would pick up a job close to where i was living as i said off the top we we do have aspirations of setting up a retreat uh, for people to come to and stay on on the on the property so it is a we've got that business thing in mind as well whichever property we choose yeah we're going to expand on that uh, because i'm really interested in this whole airbnb concept that you've got going on uh, but also the I suppose the feeling out there today is Airbnb has changed a lot over the journey as as you're no doubt aware so let, let's take a break and then we'll come back and expand on that. If you're after personal financial advice don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation head over to sortyourmoneyout.com click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Introducing Wondersuite from bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So... Uh, Claire says in the group, you would likely be knocked back on having a short-term rental property on the site separate from the main dwelling. What's your commentary on that? It's a good comment and it's something I didn't didn't think about. It scared the crap out of me <laughs> if I'm honest. Uh, my dreams went out the window very quickly. But no, we have spoken to other people in similar situations who have had something as simple as a, as a tiny house on a property and have been able to, to rent that out. So it really, really does depend on the the council and and your neighbours as well. Um, neighbours can can turn their nose up to things like that and, and create a fuss. And I know what that could potentially turn into and the dramas that could cause. So it really is about waiting for that property selection and doing our research before we made any of those major moves. I guess thinking about it more, we would ideally want to live in a. a a tiny house or whatever we decide to turn into that Airbnb, live in that firstly ourselves and then move into a a more permanent dwelling uh, on the property. That would be an ideal scenario. How the council looks at that, where we are, well, we'll have to just see where we end up. But 
is hoping. Yeah, and, and that's probably one of my biggest recommendations is is jump onto the council early and say, look, what's your appetite for this stuff? How has that changed over the last five years? What's your, what's your plans and thoughts for the future? And actually talk to a town planner if you haven't done that already. Yeah, no, we haven't haven't got that far yet, but we we really do like the idea of setting up some sort of business on the property. We would love to be in a location where where people could come to and stay overnight and we have, you know, I've done a degree in hypnotherapy and my partner's looking to get into to yoga and and we do both do meditation things like that. So Getting people in to, to practice those kind of things would, would be a really ideal scenario for us. Cool. So let's go there for a bit. Is is that your long-term plan? Like do you, do you both want to be business owners on this acreage where you don't even have to leave the sanctuary? It's just you running these retreats or whatever it is that you've got going on there and, and that's now your life? I think so. To be honest with you, John, I haven't really dreamt that far ahead yet. I've really just focused on property, property, property mm. and how to get the finances in line. But absolutely, in the next five years, if I could say even go part-time with the job that I'm in now and focus on building up this business and then after that, making that into a more permanent fixture, I would absolutely, yeah, that would be a dream scenario. So, you haven't done a lot of long-term planning by the by the sound. So, in, in 20 years' time, Mike's 53, he wakes up, what's he doing? What, what's, what's driving him? What's his passion? What, what do you want to have achieved by that stage? So I'm rolling out of bed. I want to see the calendar on my, on my Mac when I wake up. <laughs> being still full. using a Mac? No, I want to get a Mac. That's part of the dream scenario, <laughs> okay. John. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> my, <laughs> my calendar's filled with people of, of, you know, turning up that day to our retreat and we're you know, setting up a, a day's worth of, of amazing life-changing programs for them, essentially. Love, love my fly fishing as well. So if I could do a day of fly fishing for people, that would be an a, a additional dream add-on. Awesome. So it, it's fair to say that what you're doing here is you're wanting to turn your hobbies and interests into your full-time life and, and get paid for that. Is that fair to say? That's, that's spot on, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. A, a good 10-year plan would be getting that absolutely up and running and, and flying by, by that stage, I think. Yeah, great. Awesome. Because coming into this conversation, I, um, I didn't have any notes on you and that was uh, a, a purpose by me to just try and, in, and get some answers out of you and, and, and obviously everyone listening in can can learn as I do along the, along the way. Uh, but one key question, if, if Kuma was double the price of what it is and you were going out there for a larger mortgage, would you be doing it? I think we would be doing it, but not immediately. I think we would want to take a step back and say, look, maybe we do want to save up for another two or three years and really get a good deposit behind us and then move into that, say, million-dollar property, whereas where we're at now, we would certainly be looking at, at about half or a little over half that that kind of range. Yeah. So you got the four thirty mortgage. You you uh, ideally want the mortgage to be less than that, uh, which doesn't require any income increases. That you can. It's just business as normal or, or employment as normal for for the uh, short term. With the view to have we, we can build it one brick at a time over the next five to ten years uh, to to eventually have that 
day where, okay, government, uh, we're done, uh, our relationship's over, we're now running this business locally. That's right. And yeah, I'll, I'll say it out there for the people listening. I do love my job. Don't don't get the uh, <laughs> the wrong impression. But everyone's everyone's got dreams, and and that's that's certainly ours. We and but we're happy to take that that baby step approach, as you said. We're, we we don't expect it to happen overnight, and in fact, we really like that process of doing things uh, in stages. You know, buying the property one, either building a small house or buying that tiny home too, and then and then seeing what happens and 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 moving up from there. And it's a low risk approach, isn't it? Like you, you go out there, you buy a property, you exchange Canberra for Cooma, you have a lower mortgage, uh, you continue doing what you're doing with work, that's reliable income. Uh, you could do it for the next 20 years if you wanted to by the sounds of it. Uh, and then you just continually improve your war chest and and build it one brick at a time to the point where you can walk away. So it's a staggered approach, which is extremely smart and low risk. And also what it does is you've got a vision for that 10, 15, 20 year um, time frame. You wake up, you can already feel it. I can see it in your eyes here that, that that's what you're wanting to do. And the passion is in your eyes to be able to get that done, which is which is fantastic. But a lot of the problems or a lot of the issues with moving to the country are alleviated when you wake up on your own property with your own business on that property. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And yeah, I, I mean, it is a time suck as well being, you know, driving into work. You're, you're losing two hours of the day and I know it's you can have different scenarios. I, I, some of my friends live in Sydney and they have the same situation but their their situation is muddling their way through traffic, driving two hours a day to get to work. So it it depends how you want to look at it. But I, I'm willing to make those small sacrifices and having to deal with bugs and snakes and uh, potentially you know you know crazy neighbours who have lived in the property for too long and all these kind of things to deal with that that little bit of that freedom that you'd feel. But it sounds as though you actually don't mind the bugs and the snakes and all these other things. Like that's actually what you want to embrace is being out there in the in the nature and and getting around and amongst it. Like that this actually excites you. It doesn't scare you off. No, exactly. And and you know, being a fly fisherman <laughs> I actually make my own flies as well. So it's I actually bring that into my life. I'd say I'm not a, a great spider person like my partner's really She's the, she's the go-to for catching all the spiders, so she'll yeah. have that job, which is which is That's great. Bad. I'll be the one up on the chair screaming, but um, no, we, we, we've we've lived it and we and we like it, and and you know, seeing those comments on Facebook, I totally get that there's those those problems that you can encounter, like the sewage problems and not having the water and, and all those kind of things. But I think we've spoken to enough people now that that we know it is is definitely possible and it's just about making it work and and you know creating that balance in our lives that we that we want and we haven't got any as you said we haven't got any dependence aside from our our needy corgi as well so we're, I think we're at a pretty good stage to be able to make these kind of moves. And a lot of these checks and balances you'd be doing if you're buying a, a house in the middle of Canberra anyway. Like L- Lily's mentioned a few things, actually a lot of things, and I'll run through them. 
check fire hazard, right? Check insurance covered coverage for flood or fire. Like you, no matter where you buy in, in Australia, you'd be doing those checks. Check what waste service you have, if any. Check internet, it's patchy. So when you're going to open homes, you're going to be checking that or, or should be checking that anyway. Flooding maps, sep, septic may need to be pumped. Well, yeah, that again, a research thing to see whether that's common or uncommon in, in Cooma. But I say that would be fine. There'd be local sewer already attached. Is, would that be right? That That's right, yeah, depending on how far you move out. But most likely that would be yeah. the case, yeah. Most most properties on tank water. Like I grew up on a farm just with tank water and that was fantastic. Very rarely did we have to get water shipped in, we had dams and, and uh, pumps to be able, be able to get that through to the house. But I would imagine the rainfall in Cooma would be pretty solid to for that to be pretty reliable. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, we're coming to a bit of a, a different period now. It looks like it might be drying up over the next couple of years. So we are keeping an eye on that as well after a pretty wet period. So that, that is a, a factor we, we do need to consider. But yeah, it's, it's just one of those things we have to wade through and I, you know, in an ideal world, we would actually get a property that's actually got town water attached to it in any case. So the big one for a lot of people moving to acreage, and a few have done it here locally, and then they reverted back to, to be closer to the beach in a, a, a normal suburban block. Uh, and I think you know what I'm about to say is the whole, I've got to jump on the lawnmower, uh, the ride on mower, and I'll, I'll spend half of Saturday and all day Sunday mowing my 10 acres because that's what it's required to keep it in a neat, uh, um, nice condition where there's I don't stand on a snake. What are your, what's your remarks on that? I'm in a pro- pretty fortunate position where I actually like doing that sort of stuff. John, I know a lot of people don't like doing it, but I love getting out there and, and getting on getting on the lawnmower and seeing those nice, nice, beautiful lines on the on the lawn. Oh, it's yeah, that's that's the ideal. We love it when you're 55. It's a good question. Um, it'd be good to have a crystal ball, but you know, I I, I think I will. I think I'm just just wired like that. Um, I spend even here in in Canberra, I spend most of my weekends outside, potting away in the garden and and doing the lawn mowing and planting trees and all that kind of thing. And I actually had my own landscaping business for about seven years, so I actually do enjoy doing those outside maintenance type jobs. And for it to be my own property, I think that motivation will only go up. My my two cents worth on that is if, if I'm going to acreage, um, yes, I'm passionate about jumping on a lawnmower with a with a um, bottle of water and and, uh, and my hat and sunnies and get a nice tan on the arms and all these sort of things, <laughs> is if I get bored or sick of it or I haven't got time and I want to do something else instead, I've got the funds to be able to pay someone to do it on a regular basis. Yeah, well, to be honest, that would actually be a better scenario. If, if we did have the funds to, to pay yeah. someone to do it, that would, I mean, who's going to say no to that? But no, yeah, I, I do like that lifestyle and there's, what got me through a lot of the, those hard, long days on, you know, doing landscaping was just popping in a podcast, My Millennial Money, and and just just listening to a, a book or whatever and, and, and just moving through it. Yeah, I, I do. I like working outside. And I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, okay. Going back to that Airbnb thing, what's the demand for it in the local area? It, it really depends on where the Airbnb is. If if we're looking at Kuma, you're, you're starting to talk about 
uh, snowed stones throw from from the snowy yeah. mountains. So a lot of people use that as a, a base area to to be able to shoot through and do their skiing and snowboarding and, and whatever's for the day. So it's actually a really good spot for that as far as Airbnb. Um, I did have a look at some areas where people on farmlands have set up, you know, they might set up like an alpaca padding experience or, a, you know, they might set up an art experience or something like that. And they seem to be booked out for, for months as yeah. well. So I think if there's no you know, direct link to the snow or to the beach or, or another attraction, you, you could potentially set up your own attraction like we're sort of thinking about with, with the retreat type scenario. And you, your partner, her, by the way, her name, she doesn't want her name to be mentioned on the show. That's why I'm referring to her as your partner. But how how does she feel about the whole work-life balance and and it, it, are you, you sound as though you're two peas in a pod, but it, uh, is there any, any objections from her? No, I think she's more on the side of, okay, can I, can I live in, say, a tiny home for, for two or three years? Is, is that something I can, can yeah. do? Or something that's unrenovated? That's right, yeah. What, what's the comfort level be like? She's, she's always wanted a bath, so it has to absolutely have a bath, whatever it is, even if it's a tiny home. Even if it's a 44-gallon tank or something like that? Exactly, yeah, exactly. I'm sure that'll, sure that'll keep her happy for a couple of days. But uh, no, we're we're pretty much aligned. There's, it, it would just be, okay. We need to see the property. Do we do we agree on it? It's, it's kind of like the house we're in now. We we had a little bugbears and arguments with all you know the fifty properties we looked at before we settled on this one. Something was just a little bit off. But as soon as we walked into this one, we thought, yeah, no, that's that's the one. We're going to get this one and and shot off an email to the real estate and, and picked yeah, it up. Okay, cool. Pretty much straight away. Because I suppose. What I'm feeling with you guys at the moment or, or you directly is when we're making decisions like this, it, it, there's a lot of confirmation bias. Like all, all the questions that I'm asking you, it's like, oh, yeah, no, that's cool. I've got that sort of thought about that, et cetera. So we're telling ourselves that it's going to work out okay. If we go to the other side of the coin, what's the worst that can happen? Have you have you thought about our worst case scenarios and and what is your worst case? Is it move back to Canberra and and uh, sell up in Cooma and and go back to the life we were living? Yeah, it, I mean it is a risk in in some ways because you just don't know how that lifestyle is really going to look. As I said, I've never actually lived it. You can hear about it as much as you like and listen to YouTubes and people have done it and you think, wow, this is going to be great, but are you going to like it when you're there? Maybe I get there for two days and think, wow, I really have ruined my life. Lucy from My Millennial Money was 100% right. I should have listened to it. So that's that's definitely a possibility. And the other thing is, you know, if we do decide to have kids that that range from from Canberra to wherever we're living or, or another small town to, to wherever we're living is the drive going to be too much are they going to want to get into fencing at seven o'clock at night and suddenly we have to drive the kids back and forth and and all this kind of thing so they're they're all possibilities that that can crop up and and we have spoken about it but at the same time you just have to do it i think sometimes if it's if it aligns with your values and you've been dreaming about it for so long 
then I think you just have to pull the trigger sometimes and at least try it out. Yeah, oh, absolutely you do. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. You uh, you don't want to look back and re- with regret in 10 years' time saying, well, we should have done that but now it's too late and, and uh, I'm, I'm forever in, in, in regret mode, I suppose. But I just want to make sure that you've thought of the worst case scenarios and not looked at it uh, through rose-coloured glasses to think about all the good things that we we will have. Think about the things that you maybe won't have. And I think the big one that I heard early on was family and friends and how we adjust to that and a little bit of the commute. Yeah, we can listen to My Millennial Money and all that, uh, all those great podcasts around the country, uh, but will that wear thin on you? It, it's very possible it, it, it could long term. It, it's, it's very hard to, to see what it, what it might be like in the future. To be honest, if we really look at it, both myself and my partner aren't, I would say, overly social people. Like we might catch up with friends once a week, a couple of times a week. But on the same token, if, if we have a property, maybe that inspires people to come yes. out and, and see the property and, and you know, they can look at you and say, wow, you've made a huge mistake. No, they, they can have a look and say, look, you know, maybe that's something for us as well. Or, you know, if we do do that idea as far as starting a retreat, then we'll meet a whole whole range of, of new people. And and wherever we, we move to, that'll create new opportunities as far as meeting new people and, and getting cemented in a, a new community as well. But no, it is, it is something to think about and it's something we've spoken about. But, you know, we, we get along really well. You know, we don't, we we tend to agree on most things. We we argue fairly rarely, so it's I, I don't think it's gonna be a huge issue, even if we have to drive two hours together in, in the car a day. I think it will just You can work on all <laughs> put put on some music and you can know. you travel on alternate days? You you work from home one day and, and she goes the next. That's that's a possibility. Yeah. We might bring along a bike so she can drop me off somewhere and I'll just ride the rest of the way. <laughs> Melissa mentioned that Living rural does not equal cheaper. Some things are cheaper, but the savings are eaten up by the things that are more expensive. People have already listed so many things in the group, blah, blah, blah. Uh, We live two hours from a major hub, and while we love it, it's not a cheaper lifestyle. It's just different to city living. And and I I think she's right in a lot of ways, but it sounds as though... It, it's a small reason for you moving out there, but it's not the main reason. You're not looking at the finances saying, oh, we want this cheaper lifestyle. We want a lower mortgage so we can hold out of Europe every year. It's actually a real organic lifestyle change for you, isn't it? That's right. Although we do love traveling and we do want to travel every year, it's really not about, we would love to draw down that mortgage as much as possible. And that is a big part of it. But that lifestyle is is the main the main factor we it, you know ever since I can remember I've actually wanted to live on land somewhere and and same with same with my partner so it it really is more about that that lifestyle and that journey versus the you know the the potential costs that that come along with it and looking into it you know you even living in the city you might spend more on things that you may not in the country like you we passed takeaway shops on our way home and it's so easy just to pull over and, and grab something and, and bring that home, for example, whereas in the country you, you have to be a bit more prepared, I would imagine, and have to, you know, get those groceries before you, before the end of the week sort of thing and, and plan ahead. So some things will be cheaper, some things will be more expensive, but, yeah, certainly the lifestyle is, is king. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. What about 
So we fast forward 12 months. You've put the, the, the Canberra property on the market. You've sold it. You've got cash in the bank and you move to Kerma. Are we going to buy straight away or is renting an option for, for 12 months to try before you buy? I, th- I think we would want to buy as, as soon as possible and say we didn't find that, that ideal dream you know, property straight away. I think what would realistically happen is we would either move back with with my parents who were with before we moved into this house just to save up a bit of money. And they're only just around the corner about five minutes away. So we we would probably just move in with them until we we did find that that right property. I don't think we would rent, although we have spoken about the idea of potentially moving and just trying out that that Cooma region or a property there, staying at an Airbnb for maybe a week just to get a real feel for, for what it might be like out there and, and get a feel for that community and, and what it's like to, to, to live on the land there. So that's, that's probably something we would, we would look into. Is it an option to keep your Canberra property, get some equity out of it and move to Cooma with the view to, to potentially buy something as well as hold the Canberra property for long-term wealth? Have you, have you thought about that? Yeah, yeah, we've definitely definitely thought about that. And it's still a possibility. I think it was, we probably haven't thought about it as much as we would have liked, to be honest. But I think the having that 12-month time frame in mind probably sped up our process of, okay, maybe it, it would be quicker and, and smarter just to sell this place and buy a cheaper place in, in wherever and really draw down that mortgage. And that just seemed like the best best call, but it's certainly still on the table and it's something we, we haven't probably worked through properly yet. What would your house rent for in Canberra, do you reckon? <sighs> Seems to be going up every five seconds, but I anywhere between, say, six and 700 okay. a week. So you get a mortgage of yeah. 430, you rent for six to 700 a week, it will look after itself, even if it was maybe had to drop to interest only, you pull some equity out and, and then go and buy something in Cooma with the view to maybe hold it for another three to five years to let it do its thing that little bit more in Canberra and then sell it down if the if the mortgage wasn't quite manageable or you just wanted to free some cash up? Yeah, it's, it's definitely an attractive option as well. Um, that's probably something actually that, that me and my partner wouldn't particularly align on as, as okay. much. She would be in the boat of probably selling and, and moving moving on whereas i would probably more in the camp of of wanting to to rent out so that's that's something we definitely have to discuss and and work through um and i guess the 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 whole thing about the interest rates as well how much will that go up are we going through a whole process of trying to rent it out only having to sell it pretty soon after uh is that going to cost us more money it's yeah it's it's all these these things we need to look into Yeah. Well, it sounds as though you've you've been planning this for some time and, and as you haven't just woken up on a whim and said, yeah, let's let's go and do this. I'm sick of Canberra. And so I, I think it's what I like about this is you've put a time frame on it. You've said, right, in 12 months, this is happening because I think a lot of people do tend to put things off and say, well, I'll get to that one day. And then that one day doesn't happen or we're forced to because something went wrong in our life and we've, we've, we've uh, down the bottom of the barrel and we're, okay, now I'm going to do it because life's short. And, and you've probably 
you experienced that, which forced your hand, not forced your hand, but just uh, sped the urgency up, didn't it? That's, yeah, 100%. And I, I've always kind of been on that that mindset of, you know, do it now rather than later. But certainly in the last month or so, there's the, there was a series of things, as I mentioned, but particularly um, the, my uncle passing very quickly overnight and, and going to the funeral was, was absolutely heartbreaking. And and my auntie basically grabbing me by the shoulders and saying, you know, don't do it now, don't don't waste time because they, you know, they had trips to Europe booked yeah. and, and trips around Australia booked and, yeah, you know, it it can just it can just end and and you don't want to be saying you know maybe one day you want to you want to make the most of it. Is there anything you haven't thought of? Look, I, I think putting that's that's part of the reason why I did pose the question to to the my millennial group, and yeah, really really good questions that were raised, and and at the start I didn't want to. Didn't want to look at the naysayers. I really tried to turn a blind eye to to those guys. Just you know, when you've got your heart set on something, you, you just don't want to hear anything to the alternative. And that's that confirmation bias kicking in, isn't it? That's that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was it was actually kind of almost hurtful to yeah. see some of the negative um, feedback coming through. There was even a couple of people that said, you know, I live in it. I actually live that lifestyle at the moment. I can't wait to move back in the city. And you think, oh. Geez, why is why is that? Why have you why have you gone down that path? And then, but um, yeah, I, I think doing more research is is the main thing as far as what is this council going to allow for? Are we going to buy the property of our dreams and then just not be able to build or not be able to start a business or not be able to do Airbnb and all these things that we that we have planned? So that would be an absolute nightmare scenario and things we have mm. to certainly ask those, those hard-hitting questions and, and find out. You're certainly not someone that uh, I suppose I look at and is that traditional let's get out of the city, halve our mortgage and live happily ever after because I just I, I just want to, to have more choices. You, you're someone that's genuinely coming out of the the city because you're better suited to the country is what is what I've felt over the, the past hour chatting to you. A lot of people who are city folk that then think that the country is going to be better often reverse back and, and head back to the city in, in a few years because it's too simple, it's too, it's too slow, there's not enough amenities, there's, there's not enough action for them. So I think it's definitely you're going for the right reasons, which I like, but I would, I would look at maybe four things to do between now and, and 12 months' time. I would knock down the doors of council and, and check this whole Airbnb thing out and check what's gone on in the past and, and see what they're planning for the future because it, the landscape has changed in that space and you might not even call it Airbnb. It's like, well, it's short-term a, a accommodation because I'm running a retreat side thing. Like it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of the planning is the key to all of that. The second thing I would do is I would be traveling out there every weekend. I would travel on work days. I would travel late at night. I would travel during the day. I would travel early mornings and just get a real sense as though you're living and breathing it. And, and, and if you're not doing that every week, we're, we're not getting a full perspective on what, what life's going to be like there. 
I would also spend a lot of time looking at the rent versus sell option and just uh, run the numbers to death in terms of, okay, if we're renting our Canberra property out, we're pulling out equity, we're loaning basically 102% of the purchase price in Cooma, are we okay with that? Should we rent for 12 months just to try before we block, buy and keep Canberra, then we've got a backup plan? Or do we go cold turkey and uh, we're selling it because we really want to make this happen and we're not just going in half-hearted? And then I would also explore those the negatives, the 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 things that were spoken about as potential problems that other people have experienced in the past, go a bit deeper and embrace those things and say, well, actually, are they going to be a problem for me? Because we're running with confirmation bias, we're overlooking them, just brushing them off, thinking that they're not that important to us. And then we turn around in five years' time, it's like, you know what, that mowing was a, a bit of a uh, annoyance and now I can't afford to find someone to mow them and, and I'm grumpy on the weekends and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So understanding all of those negatives and, and embrace them would be my recommendation there as well. Yeah, no, good good tips, John. And yeah, we definitely plan to to hang out in those areas more and more over the next 12 months just to get a real real good feel. But um, no, thanks, thanks so much for those points. We'll certainly look into those. Any questions before we round this out? No, no. I'll keep um, keep tabs of the my millennial. See how other people are going in 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 a similar kind of scenario. But no, this has been great. Yeah, I really really appreciate the feedback. Takes courage to get out of your comfort zone. It, it's um, it's exciting for you, but scary at the same time, no doubt. But I think that the positives outweigh the negatives and and you don't look back with regret once you've done this in 12 months time as you mentioned before you get to meet new people it's a new environment it's um it's the fresh air in the morning and the chooks and the rabbits and the fly fishing and everything that you've got going on that you're really passionate about um i i I really hope that you guys uh, embrace this and enjoy it and you look back in five years time and say wow this was just the best decisions of, of our life me too, John. Me too. Um, we'll have to. I'll have to start another YouTube channel just to give some progress of how we're how we've been going over the last couple Absolutely. of years. Absolutely. So, uh, just a, a quick, shameless plug on your YouTube channel. Where, where can they find you? Yeah, yeah. So I've only just started it in the last couple of months. So there's only a, a couple of videos up, but it's it's going to be the next big thing. I'm I'm 100 convinced on it, John. It's called Rising Trout Adventures. Rising Trout it's, Adventures. Uh, there you go. So all the all the trout fishermen out there. Uh, tune in to Mike. Perfect. Thanks, John. Very good. Well, thanks for coming on onto the show. Thanks for sharing um, some personal information today. Um, hopefully, our, our listeners have got a lot out of it. Um, to our to all of our listeners, thank you for allowing us into your ears once again. And uh, really hope you're enjoying it. If you're enjoying it that much, uh, go on and give us a five-star rating. We'd love those reviews um, to to tell everyone how good this thing is. Mike Van Diemen, it's been a pleasure. We will um, follow your progress. Yeah, I look forward to posting and, and sharing all the good times, hopefully. Very good. All right. Thank you. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. 
My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.